0: Welcome back to Your Daily Bible Podcast as we continue through the Gospel of John. Today we are reading John chapter 12, verse 20 through 43. Here at this point in our story, Jesus has just entered into the city of Jerusalem for the Passover festival for his last time in an event known as Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry, where he rode a donkey as the crowd shouted Hosanna and laid palm branches, declaring that Jesus was indeed the Messiah and their King. The Pharisees see this and say, we have got to put a stop to this. Everyone in the world is going to turn towards him. And that's where we pick up today, actually a text that shows that the Pharisees weren't wrong. Verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Okay, so now the Greeks have shown up. Now, whether these Greeks are converts to Judaism there to celebrate Passover, or whether these Greeks heard that Jesus had raised a dead man um, shortly ago in the city of Bethany and have come to see him, we don't know. But all we're told is that Greeks are now showing up looking for Jesus. The Greeks want to see Jesus and learn from Jesus. And so his disciples go to Jesus. And in verse 23, this causes Jesus to say... The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now, again, this theme all the way through the book of John so far, Jesus has said multiple times, My hour has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. And now Jesus says, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. For me, the Messiah, to be glorified. Verse 24, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So he just uses an agricultural picture like Jesus so often does so that people will understand. He says a single seed, unless it's put in the ground, just remains one single seed. But when that seed gets into the ground, it can begin to grow and produce much fruit. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, he's not talking about hating your life, as many of you might hear him say. Because clearly, Scripture talks about being joyful, being thankful. Uh, And so he's not talking about hating your life. He's talking about living for the natural, living for the flesh, living for the things of this world. And he says that we're not supposed to live for those things, but we're supposed to live for the eternal things, to live for the kingdom of God things, not just for what is right in front of us, the tangible things, the things the world offers. He says, whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servants will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Verse 27, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? It was for this very reason I came to this hour father glorify your name so this is so similar to what jesus says later in the garden of gethsemane he tells us in the flesh because he's a human he's really troubled he he's not looking forward to the pain and the suffering of the cross so he says should i say god save me from this hour later in the garden of gethsemane he says lord would you take this cup from me if there's any way and then he comes to that same place he says no it was for this very reason that I came into this hour. This is the reason I'm here. The reason I'm in the world is for this moment. So Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. Verse 29. The crowd that was there and heard it said that it had to be thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to him. This is an amazing moment. Jesus is crying out to the Lord, Take this trouble away, but you know what? No, I'm here for this moment. Father, be glorified. And the Father speaks out loud to Jesus, and the crowd hears it. But even hearing it, the crowd is divided about what they heard. Verse 30, Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. See, Jesus is saying, He didn't speak for my benefit. I hear Him speaking all the time. I'm one with Him. He spoke so that you would hear him. Now verse 31. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. And I, when I'm lifted up from this earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus is in total control here. Complete. This isn't just happening to Jesus. And he is walking step for step with God's perfect plan for him and for all of mankind. And he says, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. Verse 34, the crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Again, we see the crowd is so divided. This crowd says, you know, no, no. We understand from reading scripture that the Messiah is never going to die. He's going to remain forever. So who are you talking about? Who's this son of man that you're talking about? So Jesus responds to them in verse 35. Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Again, Jesus hides himself because it is not yet time for his arrest, and they are actively now trying to arrest him. Verse 37. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in him. This was to fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet. Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because, as Isaiah had said elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts, nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Verse 42. Yet at the same time, many even among the leadership believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. Jesus for three years has proven through miracles, through his words, through his life, that he is who he said he was, the Son of God, the Messiah, and yet, even seeing these miracles for themselves and staring Jesus in the eye and seeing how he lived his life, they still chose, many of them, not to put their faith and their trust in him. Out of stubbornness, out of pride, out of, based on their own understanding, of what the Messiah would look like and what the Messiah would do when he got there, they knowingly and willingly decide To reject Jesus, and in doing so, their hearts become hardened. It says, even many of the leaders actually did believe that Jesus was who he says he was, but because they loved the praise of their fellow Jews and the other leaders more than they loved praise from God, they decided, yeah, he probably truly is the Son of God, but we don't care because we want to keep things going the way they're going. I actually find this attitude extremely prevalent in the day in which we live. Many people, when you talk to them, will say, yeah, I do believe in God. But when you go a little bit further in conversation, they say they believe in God, but they're totally unwilling to believe that Jesus might be God. You see, they don't want to be identified with Christians, so they say, yeah, we believe in a God. but..." It's not going to be Jesus. It's going to be anyone but Jesus. In fact, they'll pursue Eastern religions. They'll pursue um, anything and everything other than Jesus because they believe there is God, but they don't want it to be Jesus. This is the same thing that the Pharisees and the leaders faced in our story today. I want to encourage you. If Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now, if Jesus is looking you in the eye, Then no matter what you feel no matter what you think about it and no matter what questions or no matter what doubts you have the very best thing you can do is say yes to jesus he will help you to sort through all of that other stuff but at least today you could start by saying god i believe that jesus is who he says he was would you help me to believe would you help me to see the bigger picture what jesus is doing in my life and who he really is if you would say that today open that door to jesus to god i promise you he will show himself to you in new and profound ways let's pray god thank you that you put up with us that jesus you are so patient with us and kind to us I thank you that you give us so many opportunities to turn from our lives and our ways and our sin and to follow after you. I thank you that you paved the way for that. You paid the price for that. You sacrificed your life to make that a reality so that we could be called children of God and be set free from our sin. So today I pray that we will knowingly and willingly choose to allow Jesus in, to follow after him and just see what you might do in Jesus' name.